to It's Okay to Be Gay, the podcast. Hey, welcome back to the It's Okay to Be Gay podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. This is Miss Veronica Witt. And this is Mr. David Vanetten Witt. Hey, thank you, Veronica. Uh-huh. I'm so glad that you're able to join me again and to share this wonderful moment with you. I appreciate that. You are experiencing a little bit of a weather event in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, I know, but it's not spring yet, so it's perfectly plausible that snow would be happening. It's uh, March 18th. I know, but it's not quite I don't know when people yet. are listening to this, by the way, but we're recording. It's March 18th. Anyway. It uh, It's perfectly normal, actually. The flurries are back now. They're flurries. This is not snow. If anybody from the Midwest knows mm-hmm. the difference between flurries and actual snow. It's flurries. And it's really freaking cold. That's the one bad thing. But well, it was 47 degrees this morning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're, it's not you know. going to hit 47 here for actually tomorrow. It's supposed to be 40, 45. Oh, hey, that's yeah, nice. As a high. Well, actually, over uh, the at night, we're going to be down to 31 degrees here. Huh. So we are huh. still experiencing freezing temperatures down here in Texas in the middle of March. Something's definitely going on with the weather, and I'm not okay with it. It's 22 but here currently. That's okay. Well, it is okay. Uh, I will take my 40-some degrees over yeah. your 22 you in take it. day. That's fair. <laughs> anyway, Ooh. we're so glad that you guys are listening to us again. Uh, we are in the midst of our podcast at some point. And if you are tuning in for the first time, perhaps you're just catching the first little episode, or maybe you just decided to pick us up where we're starting right now. Um, This is the It's Okay to Be Gay podcast. And it is all about sharing the stories of people who are in the LGBTQ community, sharing the stories of people who are allies with the LGBTQ community, um, maybe it's also sharing stories of friends and family who have, you know, children or siblings or cousins or uncles who are in the LGBTQ community. So we're glad you're tuning in today. We hope that there's some things that you hear during our interview today that is going to be a wonderful takeaway for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have some really fun people lined up to share their journeys and their experiences about being gay, about being lesbian, about being bisexual or trans wherever they are in the spectrum, and they undoubtedly will have some wonderful nuggets for all of you to take away. So real mm-hmm. glad you're tuning in. So thank you for Speaking being here. Speaking of nuggets, I can't wait until we get to the part of the podcast where we talk about a gay chicken. <laughs> a gay Stay chicken? Tuned. There's Stay tuned. no possibility, Veronica, that anybody would ever bring up a gay chicken in a podcast. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. But there's a possibility. So, yeah, keep listening. Um, and I'm pretty sure that the comment wasn't actually about a gay chicken. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> but but that's what all I could think of is what does a gay chicken look like? What does it look like? <laughs> okay, so if you're curious as to what a gay chicken's all about, or how that even come up, um, keep listening because <laughs> you might hear that in the near future. Earlier, Veronica, I noticed your lovely cat was on your lap mm. while we were getting ready to start recording. Yeah, she's gone now. Mm-hmm. Um, how how <laughs> fat is your cat again? She's she's big. She's about this big. I don't know. <laughs> She's she's a chonker, all right. 
She so, she's probably close to twenty pounds, actually. There you go. Okay, thanks. That's what I was yeah. asking for. Because yeah. a lot of people are going to hear this big and be like, "What? I'm listening to you. I can't see how big <laughs> your hands are." <laughs> so I, I did I have... just make the mime, the pantomime <laughs> of holding her. <laughs> yeah. So if you're wondering, um, Veronica and I are both huge um, cat fans. Um, mm. Just general animal lover for me. Pet, pet lovers yeah. in general. Yeah. I think that's yeah. very true. Uh, we, we both grew up in households that were full of pets at many mm-hmm. and all times. Our grandparents' house and their, their <laughs> farm and their store were full of cats on the Absolutely no cats were allowed in Granny's house. Oh, yeah. my God. If this there was so a kitten, true. we used to literally like... Like smuggle the kitten, kittens were contraband, and we would <laughs> smuggle them into the basement so we could play with them, not in the garage where they were meant to be, but uh-huh. in a nice, comfortable basement because that was more fun. And God forbid, Granny would find out. I mean, she just let you have it. Get that cat out of the house. Yeah. I don't know what it was with her. Do you think that was like, a, like a story that she heard as a child, I, or was she like attacked as a child by a I cat? I don't think inside? so. She like, was fine was with that? cats. Aversion to being in the house. I wonder if it was like a cleanliness thing, like like no cat hair, Uh, or like, or maybe that you let one cat in, and then they're like, "Hey, we're coming inside," and then they'd force their way in. So I think she was just drawing that line of like, "Nope, cats, cats are meant for the barn, the garage." I don't know if it was a a cleanliness thing because as far back as I can remember, my uncle who lived with my grandma and grandpa had a dog. Um, right, that's true. Fair and enough, Missy. Yeah, they're all Missy. named Missy. All the Missies. All, all the Missies. Missies. <laughs> Literally for our entire life of X amount of years, <laughs> about four decades. Missy. There's a yeah. dog named Missy in the house, and mm-hmm. I, for the first time, when was it that that Missy, <laughs> the, the recent Missy? <laughs> Missy the, Missy 4.0 is now Max. Missy 4.0 <laughs> is named. It's not Max, Sam. Oh, Sam. Why oh my God! See, because the name is his Missy. Missy. Yes, because his, his name is Missy, and we refuse to call this Missy. dog by his name, Sam. It's still Missy. There's, right. it's the same thing as gray cats in my house. They're all named Timmy. Timmy. Yes. So, yes. so that just is what it is. Oh, and yeah, it's we, snowing again. There you go. Yeah, we we have two cats in our house. Um, one of my cats has an Instagram. Follow him at. Uh, see below. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Actually, I probably will put it in the comments now. Yeah, <laughs> you have to. So, follow my cat, Cattery Binks. Uh, he's got an Instagram and he's absolutely adorable. But his brother, Oliver, who's only three years old, weighs about four pounds more, uh, three, mm. three pounds more than Binks does. He's a chunker. And we recently Chunkers. got, we recently got a automatic litter box. Ooh. And the litter box actually will track the weight of the cat that gets in. No and, way. Yeah. And so we know which cat is using the litter box at which time. I feel like that's a little bit of an invasion that's of privacy. That's a little bit but, like. you know, so yeah. we, we know that Oliver goes to the bathroom in that cat box at least like four times a day. And then Binks like huh. at least three times a day. So it's, it's kind of funny. But yeah, Bing, um, funny. Binks is 12-ish pounds and Oliver is like 15 and a half. So. Does your automatic litter box um, scoop immediately after they're out? Because my fear with an automatic litter box is that it's going to start scooping. The cat's going to only be half done, like walk out mm-hmm. and be like, wait, I didn't do all my business. Go back in and then get scared 
literally yes. shitless by so, this automatic thing and then not want to poop there anymore. Yeah, That's the so, fear in my brain. So I'll have to like comment on it later, but um, which I'm sure it'll come up again, but no, it, it, it has a seven minute delay. So after the cat gets out and then there's no activity in the box, it does its like cycle. So it, it does, it does wait a good amount of time to make sure that That's nothing good. like that happens. And then it also good. has like an automatic stop feature where like if the cat gets back in at mid cycle, it'll shut down and like huh. doesn't rotate too. So it's, it's pretty smart. It was a, a good design. No kidding. It's by Litter Robot. So huh. um, I think it's the Whisper 3. Dude, what Whisper I use for 4. cat litter, this is my, this is my, my greatest tip to bestow upon uh, cat folk. If your cat is uh, okay with using any sort of pellet litter, or you can get them to transfer to pellet litter, go to, don't pay for um, feline pine, it's overpriced, go to your local farm supply store and get a bag of pellets, pine pellets used for horse bedding or oh, other okay. small or uh, farm animal or livestock bedding. I guarantee you, you will pay a fraction of the price for a 40 pound bag. That is my best insider tip. Find you a uh, farm supply store, which I don't know where you're listening, but we've got plenty here in Wisconsin. So, <laughs> and if there's no farm supply stores nearby you, a lot of those farm supply stores do online we'll ship. shipping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there you go. There's no excuse. All right. Well, Veronica, I'm very excited today because the person that we are having on our show at any minute is a very good friend of mine. Um, we've kept in touch over the years by playing Pokemon Go together, and he and I are huge comic book fans. And he's truly a remarkable individual. He's been through a lot in his life. Um, so we're ready to bring him on, and I'm excited for all of you guys to hear his story. Yay. This is Stephen, who is from Wichita Falls. So, Stephen, welcome to the It's Okay to Be Gay podcast. We're so glad that you're here today. Mm -hmm. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Welcome, yeah. Stephen. Um, so, Stephen and I connected many, many years ago through my first boyfriend, um, my first boyfriend, Andrew, lived in the same town that Stephen did. And Andrew and Stephen knew each other from uh, being in the same place. And mm -hmm. when I was going back to Wichita Falls with my first boyfriend, Andrew, to visit his family at some point, I uh, had an opportunity to meet with Stephen. Um, we became good friends. Uh, we have a lot of shared interests, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a little mm -hmm. bit. But I just wanted, Stephen, you to have a chance to talk a little bit about your background, um, where you grew up, and kind of share just a little bit about of where, where you came from. Yeah, so I, I grew up, I'm born and raised here in Wichita Falls, which is a, you know, small rural type community. We've got about 100,000 people in the town. I actually went to school in a smaller town just outside of Wichita Falls called Petrolia, mm -hmm. which has like 700 people for the entire town. <laughs> Which is it's significantly small smaller. Feel. Yeah, right. very, very small town. You know, conservative, Bible Beltish area, you know, so but for the most part, everybody's, you know, generally nice. Like I there wasn't a whole lot of anti gay stuff in town, but there wasn't a whole lot of any LGBTQ representation, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. So very good. And so as you grew up in this little small town and um, were raised in kind of, it sounds like maybe sort of this little bubble of, you know, there being so few people. Um, Very much. What, how did you come to maybe recognize your 
inclination towards being a member of the LGBT community or your first kind of understanding of your sexuality? How did that start to develop or unravel itself, I guess? Uh, honestly, I would say it probably started, you know, around puberty-ish time frame, you know, fifth, sixth grade, somewhere around there. Kind of my big awakening, so to speak, is as me realizing that I liked guys or that I was attracted to guys anyway, mm-hmm. um, was in, I guess, cause our, our junior high included sixth, seventh and eighth grade. Um, and so in sixth grade athletics and you know, all the guys have to go to the locker room and get naked in front of each other. Um, and that was pretty much my, I was like, Hey, yeah, I like that. That that's guys are attractive. <laughs> <laughs> So, and great, you know, I had a, I had, right. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. Um, and then in seventh grade, I had a friend that we hung out, we were best friends for a while and then kind of things evolved on a sleepover one night a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of enjoy this. He was, I think just kind of, I don't know, experimenting right at the time. Um, right. I was, I, we were both experimenting, I guess you could say it's just, I tended, I, I, I fell on one side of the experiment and he fell on the other side of the experiment. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. Or at I least, at lot. least to my knowledge. So right. he, he turned out <laughs> sure. to be more, more on the straight side than I was for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely a, a tipping point or a turning point or a, a point of recognition. A lot of people, uh, in puberty, going through the puberty stage, seventh, eighth, you know, grade, um, start to recognize that there is that attraction and start to realize that it's a little more than just a curiosity. And right. the, I, I mean, I, growing up, I, yeah, growing up, I had, you know, a friend that, you know, I'd go over to, you know, spend the night at his house and we'd play games and we'd watch movies all the time. And then like, we'd always, you know, kind of play around and do innocent enough. But at the same time, for me, right. it was more, realizing kind like, of hey, this is the kind of playing nice, gay like, chicken right right and <laughs> i don't think that it was uh, kind of in the same situation as you where i turned out to be more on the homosexual side of things you turned out to be more on the heterosexual side of things but both of us were kind of experimenting and discovering this is self-discovery right 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 so very right. much so uh, relatable in that arena for sure just to yeah say it was I'm really thinking about what a gay chicken looks like now. (laughs) (laughs) Like really fashionable. I mean, anyway, sorry. Yeah, they have a a really defining cluck. But God. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. So as you kind of grew more into your sexuality, Stephen, how did that begin to manifest itself more during the high school years, early college years? Tell, like, just unravel, yeah. uh, peel back that story just a little bit Delay. for us. Yeah. The layers a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Well, and, and I kind of, like, I was, I don't, I wouldn't say that I was necessarily interested in girls in, like, elementary and junior high, because um, I don't know that I've ever seriously been interested in in girls in a, in any kind of like romantic way um but i also because i was in a small school you know my 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 single grade had 40 people in it you know as a as the total grade <laughs> so i i used to know, teach middle school and i had 28 students in a class at one point yeah <laughs> and then there was yeah. three or four classes I, it's you know, two two of those classes would have made it my entire grade so, wow. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the, the option to 
date, obviously. And, and granted, this keep in mind this is also in the '90s, so right. you know this was back in in the height of the AIDS pandemic, and being gay was definitely in a rural community was definitely not a thing to be out about. Um, so you kind of had to pick and choose who you talk to about it. I mostly just stuck to myself in, in junior high and high school. I I had friends and we hung out. Um, and I, you know, like I was in, I was in high school band, so I was kind of the band geek. Right. Um, what did you play? I was, what didn't I play? I played just about everything brass. Nice. Um, I started off in trumpets and made myself through, uh, baritone and tuba, sousaphone for marching band. Yeah. Um, had a good time with that. Uh, I would say my favorite was probably the baritone. Baritone was my favorite instrument total. Uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was kind of my cathartic release. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go there and really just be myself in general. Um, but I really just kept to myself about my sexuality uh, all throughout high school. Okay. Uh, just, I, you know, I, I had friends and I took a, you know, I took a friend as a date to prom. We weren't romantically inclined. Sure. Uh, you know, but, you know, nobody really brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I just didn't, you know, I was like, We'll just leave what's under the rug under the rug. Yeah, those questions you know? better left unanswered sometimes, right? Uh-huh. So what, what's funny, idea? though, is... Go ahead. Okay. I was going to move on. Keep going. Tell me what's funny. The, well, what's, what's funny is after high school, I find out that there were probably about three or four different people that came out later in life yeah. uh-huh. um, that, I was in, that was in my grade. So it was like, you know, probably a good... At least ten percent of our class was was yeah. gay, even though we were yeah. a small class. Ten percent of us. There was, it. yeah, no, yeah, nobody talked about it. Time, right. Yeah. Huh. Um, I was gonna ask how your how was your family dynamics like? Um, do you have brothers and sisters? Both parents involved? So, so when I was when I was growing up, it was my mom and dad. Uh, I kind of grew up in a slightly you know abnormal childhood when it comes to parents because both of my parents were handicapped. Um, my dad had a lot of health issues, which led to him having both of his legs amputated throughout my childhood. Um, so he was a double amputee. Um, and my mom grew up, uh, she had polio when she was six, six months old as a baby. And so she grew up with braces on her legs and walking with crutches under her arms. Um, and mostly through my childhood, she was kind of the breadwinner. Um, she was the one that worked, she worked at the local air force base that's here in Wichita Falls, Shepherd Air Force Base. Um, and as a civil servant, she was, she worked there for 29 years. Um, so That's all of impressive. my, all of my growing up, growing up time frame, uh, she worked there. Yeah. And, um, my dad was because of his WMT and other health issues, he wasn't able to work. So he was a at home dad basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but he never really let that slow him down a whole lot. I mean, he still, he had hand controls on his vehicle and he yeah. could, get get in the passenger side pull fold up his wheelchair pull it in and go wherever he needed to go uh so he didn't let it slow him down any so i took a lot of that from from my parents uh, as far as just you know you just got to live life and and you know do it like (laughs) nobody's gonna do it for you so just yeah yeah accept it and keep going and how were they as far as um you know growing up um did you kind of get from them a sense of of acceptance did you ever feel like oh this is something i'm like going to be hesitant about coming out like kind of how did you how did you come out to them or how did so i i never got the opportunity to come out to my dad 
Um, I didn't come out until, no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, I didn't come out until I was, I didn't come out in general until I was out of high school. Um, my dad passed away when I was 17. Oh, sorry. Uh, he had some serious heart, heart issues and, and, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. um, but it was, he, he's definitely in a better place. So I'm, I'm not too worried about that, but he, uh, I don't know how accepting he would have been. He was a pretty conservative guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't super religious. So mm-hmm. I was his, own, I'm his, I'm his only son. Mm-hmm. So my mom and I, my mom and him had me, and then he has three daughters from a previous marriage. So that I have, I have three sisters that were significantly older than me, 12 plus years gotcha. uh, older than me. So, uh, and by the time I was up in, in, even in grade school, they were already moved out of the house and having kids and all that. So, yeah. So that was kind of one of the. Your mom then, um, as far as I, I came out to my mom when I was thirty officially. Okay. Um. So it took a it took a little bit longer for that, and not because I was necessarily ever afraid that she would like. I think in everybody's every every gay person's mind, or anybody who's questioning their identity, or if they know what it is, and but they're just afraid to tell people. Other than coming out as straight, like, <laughs> which straight people don't have to do do, right um you just you you know it's it's a given your your default is straight unless you're you know something else Mm -hmm. um but there's always that fear in the back of your mind that when you say something and it's out there you can't take it back Mm -hmm. and you don't know how the person's going to react yeah so So you have to be in a you have to be in a comfortable place i think um with yourself regardless to what they're, what, you know, like, and, and I think a lot of, a lot of gay people, David can probably attest to this. When you're on the verge of coming out to somebody, you run through the scenario in your head of every way they could possibly react. Yes. 100%. So that, so that you're, so that you're prepared. How are they going to react? Cause mm-hmm. you know, and, and most of the time you, your brain fixates on the worst kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got to the point yeah. where I had, been out enough to my friends and you know i kind of was just like mom i just needed to get this out of the way mm-hmm. and, and she was very accepting and understanding and and has been very accepting and understanding ever since yeah, yeah. Um, do, you, do you think growing up um that she was aware or knew kind of in the back of her mind that that you were gay or that you had that inclination or i think she had to at some point have had those ideas um some of it, I think she could push away because my, her oldest brother, my uncle, uh, that lives up in Oklahoma City, didn't date girls until he was in college. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he got married and had kids and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's nobody, <laughs> I come from one of those random families where there's little to no gay people in my family sure. at all. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of gay families have at least one or two. Somebody else. Their, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's a there's a gay cousin or something out there, you know. Right. But no, I'm the gay cousin. Yeah. You know. Say, gay cousin. I, yeah, I'm, I'm the, the gay, gay cousin, cousin too. Hey. <laughs> What's up? Right. Steve? That's so. Um, I'm curious. So, so yeah. I'm curious that there would be when you were growing up, um, like a fear of coming out to your parents or a fear of letting your family know is that like an accurate assumption that there was always a concern of oh like, yeah oh my god are they going to disown me or what are they going to think or how are they going to treat me or what mm-hmm. kind of thing 
Yeah. And so I would definitely say there's, there's that fear. Um, and like one of my best friends who's still one of my best friends, he lives down in South Texas now. He was one of my first like close friends that I came out to. Uh-huh. Um, and it was, it was shortly after high school, I was working at a vet clinic here in town as a technician and his mom was the office manager there. I had come out to a coworker up there and unbeknownst to me, she discussed it with her, mm-hmm. which I wasn't very happy with her about initially. Um, but I was, I was dating under the, you know, in the, in the closet dating right. a guy that was living down in the Midland Odessa area. And I had mentioned that I was going out of town that weekend. And my friend's mom was basically like my surrogate mother. Like he, we were, we're, we're best friends, but we're also basically brothers, mm-hmm. you know, brother from another mother kind of thing. Um, and so she, she came to me uh, and she's like, she's like, so I heard you were going out of town. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go uh, down to Midland, visit a friend. And she's like, so how long have y'all been dating? And I just kind of got this. <laughs> Deer in the headlights. Uh, oh, shoot, I'm caught. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, it's okay. I love you regardless. Now, mind you, my friend's mother is Hispanic and seriously Catholic. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, David, you know, that's... Yes, yeah, I can relate <laughs> That comes to with this. a whole set of prerequisites <laughs> in your brain of how they're going to react to things. Yeah. Um, and so, but she was very, she's been, always been very supportive and understanding and never had an issue. Awesome. So that, that was kind of one of my first coming out to an adult figure mm-hmm. when I was in my early, you know, late teens, the early twenties. Yeah. And that had to be, and that was, it was a very scary experience, mm-hmm. but it turned out to be a good experience, you know? So they, they were, it was very positive. I know a lot of people don't have that particular experience. Yeah, Every once in a while people uh, can my... surprise you with how, you know, far their love goes because there is something about uh, embracing who you are as a person and recognizing that who you are as a person that, I think there's a, a good amount of people out there that are in that same sort of bubble where they grew up religious or grew up conservative or whatever, and you always expect the worst, and there's the potential that their their love is going to overshadow or, or, or conquer the, the predispositions, predispositions that we have about how they would react to something. So I think it's really, right. it's beautiful to hear that every once in a while that somebody has an experience like that. So that's really neat that you were able yeah. to, you know, encounter that as, as one of the first, uh, like you said, first adults that, that found out about you to have them feel yeah. that way. That that was, that was probably very special. Yeah. And then, and then she, of course, outed me to my friend who... <laughs> I didn't know she had outed me too. Uh-huh. And he tries to get me on the phone and, and tries to lead me into conversation of, mm. you know, that sort of thing without, without trying to let me know that he knows already, which was, uh, I was like, I, I know how to navigate yeah, that. Feels like I can, I can get around that. <laughs> right. Yeah. feels like you're fishing. I can, I can avoid that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it wasn't until maybe a couple of years later when we were actually, cause he was at that time in the military and living in Idaho. So we weren't, able to actually hang out in person but the next time we got to hang out in person uh, we discussed it and and he's like well why didn't you come out to me sooner in high school and I was like dude you were throwing around f slurs and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and you know 
things that would make me think that you weren't going to be cool with somebody who was gay. Mm -hmm. And I certainly wasn't going to come out to somebody like that. And I still loved you as a brother. Like I get that, that, that those are things that people say when they're kids and they don't know better. Right. But I was like, that didn't make me any more inclined to do so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I had a good friend in college and we worked together. Actually, I worked at the, um, the university student center, um, the Catholic student center when I was in school and he worked with me there. And just recently, um, after I had gotten married and publicized, you know, my relationship with my husband, uh, he messaged me and he was like, Hey, I just want to apologize. And, you know, if there was anything that I ever said that was judgmental or critical or that you would have, you know, felt, you know, he was like, I had no idea when you were in college. And I, you know, I just, he was like, I just want to make sure that I never said anything to you that like you are, you know, holding against me because he was like, I love you like a brother. You're a great person. I loved working with you. He was like, I have no judgment and no resentment. And I, you know, I, I recognize you know, you embracing who you are and, and, you know, being married now and everything else. And I was like, I don't remember you ever saying anything like that. I was like, but I really appreciate you at least, uh, you know, making that effort to um, proactively apologize for something that you never heard or that I don't even remember you doing. Right. That, that you didn't yeah, recognize. Yeah. Him, and I was yeah, like, if yeah. he did say something, it, it just rolled off my shoulders. But I um, obviously, you know, he was very involved in sports and athletics and in that kind of like crowd, that jock crowd, you know. And I feel like that was probably part of his lingo back then was to, you know, comment on, you know, negatively towards other gay people or whatever. And maybe right. in some point he thought he had said something that I would have been offended about. And I was like, no, like you never did. But I like that's that's really nice that you would, you know, recognize that there was that potential and apologize for that. So it was kind of funny. That was just mm -hmm. like, mm, no, you're good. You're good. I wish more people would have said that. But no, I can relate. So you do. You, go ahead. Do you guys think that that I mean, you both um, kind of sound like you have similar things where you had these friends, and obviously, you know, people say dumb stuff when they're mm -hmm. kids, whatever. I mean, sometimes people say dumb stuff when they're adults. Like, do you think like having those kind of small, you know, seemingly meaningless interactions that may that um, at kind of as a closeted gay person that you guys are extra like sensitive to and you're kind of like all right noted yeah i might not say something to you or i might not come out to you you might not be a safe person for me you know i, I mean i'm i can only imagine that that happens more frequently than than not especially right if you're not. I, I would agree with that yeah a yeah. hundred percent i think it does it does impact <laughs> impacts how you how you view that person not necessarily that you view them negatively right. but it does kind of change like what what levels of your person mm -hmm. that you're allowing them to see. Mm -hmm. Correct. Um, yeah. How much you're willing the, to share. Right. Yeah. And, but the, the funny thing about that is kind of like with, with David's situation, my situation is one of those where when I did finally come out to them, yeah. it kind of changes their perspective when they have somebody that's close to them mm -hmm. that yes. comes out and they're like, you know, they, oh, they see yeah. it as, Oh, it's not a, you're not a different person. You're still the same person. Mm -hmm. It's just, I've learned a different layer about you. Right. Yeah. You know, I've, yeah. I've gotten a deeper layer that I didn't know before. That's, yeah. That doesn't change who you are. You're still the same person. And that's what I think a lot of people fear when coming out is of course. that when you're coming out to somebody, they're going to see you as this total alien person instead of just the fact that you've just basically 
given them a layer of your onion right. yeah. um, that they didn't have yeah, before. Nothing's changed. Like you're, all the other layers are still there. Right. You yeah. just got a little deeper right. in. Yeah, nothing. Nothing's no. changed. It's still me, and still the same person that you grew up with. I'm still the same person that worked next to you, and da da da, da and all these other things. Mm -hmm. But now you have seen just a little bit deeper into my persona. Um, and it's yeah, it's so interesting that we experience just that un unraveling of those layers. Sometimes I, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so Steve, when you went off to school, um, you went to um, Midwestern State. University, right? I did go to Midwestern yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So did um, you, I didn't. I didn't finish my degree, unfortunately. Right. But um, during your your college time, where you were like a little further away and on your own, maybe what was your was it a little more was it easier for you to be who you were, or was it still the same sort of hey, let me keep this all under the wraps kind of thing? At home, it was still you know keep it under wraps. Don't talk mm -hmm. about it. Um, but I kind of got more comfortable with myself. Um, especially being around friends that I was out to, yeah. you know, there were a couple of people that I was out to that I could be comfortable just talking about things, um, and have casual conversation of, Oh, that guy's, you know, attractive. Um, and that sort of thing. And then, you know, as you kind of develop that, you develop a little more sense of who you are as opposed to all of the, the masks and stuff that you put on right. when you're in the closet, yeah. you know, you kind of develop, you get to see, kind of see yourself a little bit more mm -hmm. and become a little more comfortable with yourself as you kind of do that. Um, so I think having friends that you can come out to as early as possible um, is important in how to like get that sense of self again, right? Uh, as opposed to the, the facade that we put on for, for everybody else yes, to see the, the layer of masks that are sometimes worn yeah. <laughs> sometimes multiple. yes yeah. so when what made you i guess at eventually decide that it was time to let your you know your mom know and then maybe the i don't know what the rest of the family that kind of revealing was like I've not really discussed it with much with the rest of the family, but I don't care if they find out, like if they find out that doesn't change. Mm -hmm. I came to a realization in my early twenties. Um, and, and some of it had to do with, <laughs> so, so this is an interesting story and very complicated as to how I didn't come out to my mom until I was 30. Um, but I also, Let's hear it. um, yeah, so this is, this will be a little side tangent, do but it. it's a, it's an interesting side so. tangent. And it definitely involves the gay community. Um, so I found out that I was HIV positive when I was 24. And that's a that's an intense, especially when you're still kind of in the closet to family and you only have a handful of friends that know about it or know about you. Yeah. Um, it, it's a very, like, you're, you worry about your support system. You worry about all the things because that's just a very scary thing, especially in the early 2000s, mm -hmm. which is 2004 was when mm -hmm. I found out. Um, and so that kind of, I, I came out to my mom about that, but I didn't come out to her about being gay. Okay. Okay. Huh. So she knew I was sexually active, right. uh, but, but, uh, you know, didn't necessarily have a, a direct link that I was have, being sexually active mm -hmm. with men. Um, and I wasn't being that promiscuous back then. I was very aware of things, um, and took precautions as best right. I could. Uh, still wound up, still wound up getting positive. 
due to some poor planning on my part. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah lapse in judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, and but she was she was very supportive. Like didn't and which which when I finally did come out to her when I was thirty, that that was I expected it to be a pretty supportive thing yeah. at that point, um, based on how she handled that. Um, but because my dad had had medical issues growing up and had passed when I was seventeen, and she had dealt with all that. I felt like she was probably going to be fairly supportive with my medical mm-hmm. issues. Uh, and at the time she was like, is that something you can get from an animal? And I was like, no, unfortunately it's not. Yeah. <laughs> that would have um, been easier to explain. That's a question. <laughs> yeah. But it was just like, it was just like, I just, I answered the questions with as minimal information as possible mm-hmm. because I was still, you know, closeted in my brain uh, to her. But just in that I, I developed like a lot of my friends were very, very supportive. And that helped me get through the mental component of mm-hmm. finding out that I was HIV yeah. positive uh, yeah. early on. And so when you when you get that and you have that support for for that kind of system, uh, you kind of, you start to develop more sense of self. Mm-hmm. And 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 you you either go one way or the other. You either get super concerned with what everybody thinks, or you just flat out say, "I give zero yes. Fs." <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I I don't care. I'm just going to be me. And if you don't like me, then you can go the Mm -hmm. other way. Yeah. So, um, and that, that kind of helped me come to a point where I just got comfortable enough with myself that, you know, if I say, you know, Hey, he's he's an attractive dude in a group of people that have no idea one way or the other, I'm not going to feel judged by it because that's, you know, any of them could have said it and it would have been perfectly right. fine. Right. You know? yeah. so, You're at that level of comfort with your, with yeah. yourself. Yeah. That's awesome. That's neat. And so as, as you kind of embraced who you were and, you know, you know, shared this with your mom and have kept, you know, progressing in your own, you know, professional career and everything else, uh, how has your life, I guess, maybe changed and, I, I, I know you and I know that you're doing just fine. Um, so how, how has your life like gotten better or progressed in a, in a positive manner, you know, from, from there on out, I guess. Um, I, I think with, with coming to that, that realization of being comfortable with who mm-hmm. you are in general, like it, it's not just about being gay. It's just mm-hmm. being comfortable with accepting who you are, that, right. um, accepting who you are and how you feel about things and just being comfortable with being who you are in front of people, um, which is not easy. It's a, it, it, for in, in the beginning, once you get there, it's, you just kind of do it. And I'm still very much a, I, I have a personality of a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. So I like for people to be happy around <laughs> Actually, me. I think all three of us here can, <laughs> get it. Um, so I, I, I definitely care about what other people mm-hmm. think in general, um, but I'm also still, I'm going to be me. Yeah. And if you don't like being who I am, then that's fine. There's yeah. a billion other people around here that you can, yeah. you can go be around and <laughs> not be around yeah. me. You accept so, that that's just, yeah. you know, not everyone's going to be your best friend and connection. You don't, you don't have to, that's not, that's not what this is about, you know, but accept exactly. it for what it is. Yeah. It's yep. really neat. And some, some people, it's kind of like uh, Medea says, some people, it's like a tree. People, some people are like a leaf. Some people are like a branch. Some people are like mm-hmm. a root. 
That's true. You know, yep. that's really remarkable. So, so I, I appreciate um, hearing the differences in how various people in your life have reacted to this news and how you expected them to react to this news. And one of the things that I talked to you about before um, were when I approached you with the idea of being on the podcast and sharing a little bit about your story. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I remember you mentioning is that you don't necessarily wear a rainbow on your sleeve and walk around and, you know, sparkles and glitter and everything. And most of the people who probably meet you in your everyday life, like aren't even aware that you're gay. Um, but it's just one of those things about mm -hmm. it, it is who you are and you've accepted that and you recognize that that's, you know, um, a, a unchanging element of your being and it's not something that you need to necessarily advertise or, or go around and shout from the rooftops. But when people find out and when people learn that about you, it's not something that you're worried about them finding out or learning about you either right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think when you come at it from that aspect where you're, where you're not that, every, I mean, be who you are. If you're a flamboyant queen, mm -hmm. be a right. flamboyant queen, do it. But also if you're not and you don't, if you're if you're if you get to the point where you're, you can be comfortable with who you are, then when somebody finds out, most of the time I feel like they're gonna probably be, if they were comfortable before they found out, they were gonna be comfortable after you after mm -hmm. they find out, because you haven't changed who you are. Yeah, they just found something. It it, it kind of comes out that way a little bit better than if you come screaming out of the closet as a queen when you were not when you were very conservative mm -hmm. before, you know. Um, but be who you are. I, but I think if you're comfortable with who you are in general around people, then when they find out that other layer of you, it's less of an impact on how they mm -hmm. view you. Very true. Very true. So in your in your life right now, in your history of being who you are at this point, I know that you are very involved in several different um careers in your in your life you have a lot of different things that you dabble and have your hands in so i was just wondering yeah. if you wanted to share a little bit about what you're doing now work-wise and where uh how what direction your life is is heading from from here i guess so tell us a little what, what are you doing? uh well right now yeah right now i i work at the vet clinic one that i've worked at since it's, it's not the first one that i worked at but it's one that I've worked at since about 2004. So I've worked there for nearly yeah. 20 years. They were, they went through the whole process of me finding out that I was HIV positive because that happened like the first year that I was working <laughs> there. Thankfully the, the doctor that now owns it, he was just a, a practice manager at the time, but the doctor that now owns the clinic uh, was very supportive and just very understanding of everything that went through it. And he was, he was like, I'll be there, whatever you need me to do. You know, they were very understanding and didn't like, you know, which is, which is not always the case, especially right. in conservative mm -hmm. communities, you're going to find that, you know, that, that could be a quote unquote fireable yeah. offense. You know, find you, a reason. You kind of worry about right. some of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm still there 20 years later. So I'm one of their, awesome. one of their best employees, one of their favorites, awesome. but it did it being gay also does impact me as a massage therapist because I also am a licensed massage therapist I've been one since 2007 mm -hmm. you know I've I've kind of not I don't really open up about that side of me in sure. general to everybody but I'm open to talking about it if they mm -hmm. want to like if it comes up I'm fine right. talking about it um but I also don't mm -hmm. advertise it because a it can come across creepy yeah. 
mm-hmm. it can come across as something other than just legit therapeutic massage mm-hmm. yep. uh, because a lot of people can can view massage in that light mm-hmm. unfortunately um and it's one of those things where you know not all not all of your clients are going to agree with you but that doesn't mean that their money's not green <laughs> that's true too really neat you're you're providing a service not a not a religious experience, <laughs> right. you know? Right. Um, so it's, <laughs> sometimes it can, I was, <laughs> sometimes it can be. That's a pretty yeah. good massage. Um, but, no, that's funny. Yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but no, but it, it, it does imp, imp, have certain impacts in that a little bit, I think. And just being a male massage therapist in general, um, I think some people just assume that if you're a male massage therapist, it's kind of like being a male nurse. They assume that if you're a male in that profession, mm-hmm. you're probably gay. Um, but I've always approached it and had the thought process of that me being gay has nothing to do with my profession. Right. So if I, if, if, if I put that energy out, then that's the way people Mm -hmm. should view it. Mm -hmm. And if, and, and that, that way it only attracts people that are going to understand that and pretty much view it that way. Like this isn't a sexual thing. And do I get the occasional client that is freaky <laughs> yes i do um it's very few and far between mm-hmm. but it happens yeah. um and i know how to deal with those uh when they do happen but say, what do you do what do you do with it um it depends on how far they're willing to yeah, yeah, push yeah. it um a lot of them catch on because i i have some very distinct wor- verbiage in on a sign in my, in my massage room and on my client mm-hmm. information sheet that says, you know, there's no sexually explicit conduct that happens by the therapist yeah. or the, or the client yeah. uh, period. And I have that verbiage in multiple places. And I even had one, one client that uh, I, I could watch him because he was, he's one of those readers that when he's reading, he's yeah. mouthing the words. Yeah. And so like, I could tell that he was reading it and it's like, he took it as a challenge. Um, <laughs> So we get in there and he's, he's laying face down and, and the, one of the first questions he asked me is, do we have to have the sheet over? And I was like, yes, the, <laughs> yes. there is a law that requires, covered, that requires yeah. draping. He goes, well, you, and, and then some of the, the key like red flags are, well, if I'm not going to say anything to the police and like, or, or to the law or whatever, yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah. That, that, that means that the, 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 the yeah. that means the sheets, that means the sheets definitely sheet staying on. Definitely. You haven't said anything. Of, yeah. Let me get you the third or fourth right. sheet as here's, well. Here's a big blanket. <laughs> here's yeah, a big, big blanket. Your face. Um, and so, yeah. That's funny. And so, you know, I worked, worked on him with him face down and turned over and he was very clearly aroused. Um, which generally speaking in massage therapy, you're taught it happens. Like, yeah. It, it happens. It's because of it, is, it. And it's not necessarily a sexual thing. It's a, right. Physiological you're lowering, you're lowering somebody's blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what Viagra does. Viagra literally takes care of high blood pressure, which is the reason people can't get erections. And so when you're lowering somebody's blood pressure naturally, sometimes yeah. that happens. And usually when they turn over, if it's not, otherwise increased by, you know, libido and things like that, then it goes away when they turn mm-hmm. up, turn right side up. Yeah. It's kind of a gravity thing. The, the blood sure, pulls yeah. to that area. Yeah. Um, and then, so he decided that he was going to feel comfortable enough with himself to reach under the towel and start, or reach under the sheet and start mm. touching himself. Oh, man. And I said, that's not okay. That's not going to happen. And he goes, 
oh no, that's I'm, that, I, I wasn't trying to offend you. I said, you weren't yeah. offending me. <laughs> yeah. That's like, just not happening. Just right exactly. Yeah. Like, it's not <laughs> like, about offense here. You just can't do that here. That's not yes. a, that, this is not mm-hmm. a sexual place. Yeah. Um, and you know, no offense, but I wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. interested. <laughs> exactly. You know, and just no. just because you have a penis doesn't mean I want your penis. You know, <laughs> that's the other that's the other thing that, that is a common misconception I think among people, especially straight men. Um, it's like is all that, gay guys are attracted know, to all other because men. I'm, because I'm because I'm gay. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, we we have our preferences just like straight guys yeah. have preferences in women. That's you know, funny. it's 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 a it's a thing. But anyway, so I, I, I was like, okay. Uh, he goes, oh, I'm, I wasn't trying to offend you. I'm like, oh, you're not. And so he stopped for a minute. I was like, oh, no. we're just going to call this good, and I'm just never going to yeah. schedule him again. And then he reached down and touched it again. And I was yeah. like, okay, we're done. Oh, look at the time. I think we're over. He's like, but we still have 10 minutes. I said, no. <laughs> no he's, like, he's, like, he's like, we still have 10 minutes. I was like, nope, we're done. I'll step out, and you can get dressed. Have wow. a nice day. <laughs> there you go. Good. So... Jeez. You just gotta you you kind of gotta shut oh, that down. Sure. There's there's some that a lot of times like like I'll bring up in the in in conversation during the massage. I'll be like you know no sexually explicit contact. I'll I'll, I'll mm-hmm. work it into the conversation somewhere just so that it's yeah. out there and said and so that yeah. it, you know what to expect from you know especially if I get any of the right, telltale right. red flags. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- there was one guy that never I never had a red flag on uh, the very first guy that actually prompted me to put stuff in my room um, was uh, this guy who he would come in, he would get a, a 90 minute session every couple of weeks. And after about the second session, this was during like May, June timeframe. So it was warm outside. He would come in wearing flip-flop shorts and a tank top. Yeah. You know, very minimal, minimal clothing, which is fine. You're, yep. you're coming in for a massage. You're taking it all. Yeah. Super easy to take off. Well, it would take him about 10 oh, minutes wow. to get dressed. Uh-huh. after the massage oh. and after after the second massage i noticed there was a significant amount of tissue in the trash can oh no <laughs> yeah big a really runny nose and so and and right and this was and that's the thing is like i didn't hear oh, anybody yeah, 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 you know didn't hear any didn't hear any of that um uh, so you know i kind of assumed and and being a gay man you kind of know what that smells like it has mm. a particular odor um, that's very distinct. <laughs> um, and so I called my, my mentor, uh, cause this was like within the first year of me being a yeah. full-time massage therapist and called my mentor. I was like, how do I deal with this? This is the first time I've ever actually had to deal with this. And he's like, well, and, and this, this other person was a business owner here in town and, you know, not necessarily a, a big higher up or anything, There's but somebody any bad there. news yeah. or, or bad, bad publicity, any bad publicity, early on in your massage career is kind of, no. you know, can, yeah. can impact mm-hmm. you pretty negatively. Totally. Um, and so he was like, well, you, you have a couple of choices. You can either confront him directly, which I'm, I'm not a, I'm a confrontation mm-hmm. avoidant person <laughs> in general. Um, or at least I especially was back then. And, uh, he's like, you can, you know, put some signage up in the room and see if that deters him, which I did. And it didn't. <laughs> But, but what's funny is like I, I had to kind of play this little part of acting like right. I didn't know what was going on yeah because he didn't he didn't give any indications that that was even on his mind or that you know and I, I don't touch in certain erogenous Perfect. zones because right. I don't want to stimulate that thought process yeah and so 
after about the second time that he didn't get the hint, I decided I would take it upon myself to take all the tissue out of the room and take the trash can out of the room. <laughs> Problem so he had, he had to either uh, leave evidence <laughs> like on, on something other than a tissue take it out, or sorry. he got the point and realized, yeah. Um, and, and you know, if he'd, if he'd waited until he got in his car or if he'd, if he'd just gotten up and gone immediately to the bathroom or something and taken care of it, I yeah. probably would never have known. Yeah. Um, and would have been all the better for it in my brain because I wouldn't have known. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but the, the funny thing was that was that that gave him the indication that I knew what he was doing and I wasn't okay with it. Mm-hmm. And he came out and, and he played it off very nonchalantly because he was making an appointment about every two weeks, like I said. And when he came out for that last session, I was like, so do I need to put you down for two weeks? And he goes, no, I, th- I think I've got some things going on. I'll have to get back in touch with you. And then he left, and that was there the last time know. I saw him. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah. I was like, that kind of helped. That helped me avoid it without having to be confrontational. But he got okay. the point. That's a good so. business move, though. I mean, yeah. you got to put out, put, you know, draw in ink what your well handled yeah. are. You know, throw it out there. Yeah, so exactly. Very interesting. Oh man, so. that's funny stories. <laughs> well, <laughs> neat, Stephen. It was it was um, very. Yeah, uh, impressive to hear your, your background and your stories, and to to hear how all of this unraveled for yeah. you, and how you're living right now, and especially dealing with the extra baggage of all the different things that have come with you in your life for the mm-hmm. last many many years. I right. think that's tremendous that to see that somebody who not only are you um, somebody who grew up in an area where this was not necessarily supported or recognized or appreciated, right? But you still embraced your reality of your mm-hmm. existence. And you had this additional hurdle of finding out that uh, you were HIV positive and have somehow still managed uh, with all these burdens that have come into your life uh, to turn out like the person you are. I think it speaks volumes for your character, but as well, I hope other people who are listening to this will realize that none of those things are something that will completely shut down your life or none of those things are something that is going to be um, the you know, game over. Um, there is that light at the end of the tunnel and you're a testament to many of those challenges that I think a lot of the people in the LGBTQ community will be having to go through in their lives. So it's, it's truly remarkable. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I think a lot of it is, um, and this is something that I kind of got from my parents was you, your life kind of follows mm-hmm. where your train of thought goes. So if you're focusing like your focus, life follows focus, basically. Yep. Um, if you're, if you're focusing on all the crappy shitty things that happen in your life, um, then you get more crappy shitty things. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're saying, yeah, crappy shitty things happen, but I'm going to focus on the positive things that are happening in my life. Like, I've had this this positive experience or this positive experience, um, then you tend to attract more of that. It, it is kind of the right. law of attraction kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you focus on the positive, you get more positive outcome. So try try to be less focused and less attention giving to negative things. Yes, they're going to happen, but the more attention you give them, the more of them you're going to get. So true. Right. I need that. <laughs> um, so d- just also some little fun things. nuggets about Stephen, uh, a very avid DC comic fan, something that we share in, in common quite, oh, quite a lot. And one of my um, 
there you go. <laughs> uh, one of the my favorite things also are, yeah, you have some phenomenal collections <laughs> in, in your house. Um, yes, I love it. That's really neat. Can you guess who my favorite character is? Would it begin with S and end in Uperman by chance? Maybe, maybe. Um, so one of the ways that I've stayed in, in touch with Steven so well over the last many years as well is that both he and I play Pokemon Go um, and are avid Pokemon Go yes. players. Um, Speaking I know. Of, there's a there's a like, community day yeah, today we're, for we're, we're recording on Galarian um, Slowpoke and regular Slowpoke community today. So Steve and I both have to get going because we have Pokemon to catch. But... No idea what. Veronica's like, said, what's but... Pokemon? She's like, that was all gibberish. <laughs> <What's a Pokemon?" laughs> I know a Pokemon. Go, oh Pikachu. Yeah. Okay, besides Pikachu, Veronica, can you tell us any other Pokemon? No, Squirtle, Charmander. <laughs> oh, hey, Jigglypuff's Jiggly one. Good job. Jigglypuff one? Yeah. Jigglypuff, yep. I literally just, that came out of nowhere. I, I don't think I could even so, one, though. Yeah. So Stephen and <laughs> I have a lot in common. Uh, those secret little side uh, hobbies of ours. Um, I, I, too, am a huge DC comic fan. Oh, fun and, little nerdy um, sides. I do. We, we both shamelessly play Pokemon Go on at least two different accounts. Um, I'm not proud of it, yes. but it happens. And that's... Be I'm proud of saying. it. Of course I'm proud of it, damn it. <laughs> both my accounts are level 40 now. Thank you very much. <laughs> Heck yeah. I can't get past uh, level 43. Well, there's two. It, it 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 involves a lot of stuff that I'm not That's really right. that big into. I haven't so. gotten that far yet, but I, I just realized my main account is almost a level 41, like this close. And then I looked, and it's still another 600,000 XP. And I was like, oh my god, like it's, it's like uh. we're so close, but so far away. Oh, okay. We'll stop nerding mm -hmm. out, so the rest of you will continue listening for our next you episode. Can nerd, nerd <laughs> out, kidding. man. Right. There's lots of nerdy oh, gays yeah, out there sure. that would like yes, this. Yes, there are. I know, I know a good many of them. Too, for sure. um, I think <laughs> half my yep. Pokemon Go friends are actually in the LGBT community, uh, some on some level. So it's Perfect. yeah. Mm -hmm. Somewhere on this on the spectrum. Pokemon. There you it's go. Okay the it's okay to be gay podcast <laughs> Pokemon group. We'll see you guys soon. <laughs> Pokemon edition. <laughs> I should, I should just put our trainer right. I'll just put on our Pokemon. trainer codes on the website so you all can log on and friend us <laughs> there and you go add us add us, as, add us as friends we can we can use it we can <laughs> use it for go. research Veronica's like I don't know what you're talking about but I'm gonna laugh because it sounds fun <laughs> I don't know it sounds fun <laughs> that's awesome yes so <laughs> I love it I, I love it uh, Whatever, David. That's not like we didn't grow up literally mm -hmm. playing Power Rangers and X Men oh, yes. and random yes. superheroes as kids. Do, 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 do. Uh, the nineties X Men animated do, 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 TV show was the, the <laughs> best. See, I loved it. It's in here. I loved it. The oh, man, that that show here. could have run yes. for like fourteen seasons, and I don't think I would have gotten bored of it. I'd still be watching if it was on. Disney is in the process of doing a continuation not a remake but a continuation of the 90s original x i'd be okay with that i would be okay nice. with that 
I am they so would excited. hit their target audience <laughs> yeah. of all yeah. of us, you know, thirty yes. some year olds, forties, <laughs> all those adult kids money. that have money, Blow yeah. money. Yep. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I still buy action figures. <laughs> all of us, all of us, late thirties, early forties, something. I still buy action right. figures when I'm yeah. at the store every so often. Exactly. I'm not not proud of it, so yeah, it's just who we are. Anyway, Stephen, thank you again. I went oh, to yeah, Disney no, a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Tell us yeah, about your Disney trip real quick. Yeah, I was super jealous. I was, oh, my I gosh. Saw... We don't have time for that. <laughs> okay, but... tune in for part two of Stephen, where he tells us about his trip to Disney. Yes. <laughs> Disney edition. Stephen, we'll have to have you back on. There you go, Disney edition. We'll have to have you back on. You can tell us about your Disney experience. Absolutely. No, I would love to be back. Um, that would yeah. be a blast and a half. And like I said, I, yeah. I meant that every, every word of it. You are truly a remarkable person. Everything that you've been through, everything you've gone through, um, and I think you're a sparkling example of the fact that it is okay to be gay. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for being so open and sharing so much about yourself and your life experiences. I think that there is definitely a lot that people can take from what you had to say, and you are very relatable on so many different levels. Thank you. I'm glad to, I'm glad to help, and I, I really do hope it does help. Yes, it was very nice meeting you. Um, I've had a great time and I appreciate you all having me Well, thank you everybody out there who's listening today. We appreciate you tuning in for this episode of the It's Okay to Be Gay podcast. On behalf of Ronka, Stephen and I, we are so glad that you were here and want you to know how much you are appreciated, how much you are respected and loved. And everybody have a great rest of their day and we'll see you on our next episode.